That wasn't too bad. What did you think? Yeah, it was all right. It was okay? What do you mean? I mean the last song is... Thought we did it better in practice. That's all. Whatever. Oh, what? Look, you don't have to get an attitude about this. I was asking you your opinion. Look, you don't have to pretend like you care, all right? What do you? I, of course I care. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just tired of these fake relationships. You only see me maybe once a week. You only email me when you need something from me, and then you only pretend like you care. At what? Wait, when... wait, 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 <laughs> dude. I care about you. I love you. I love your family. Now you're interrupting me. It's typical. You never listen to me. You. <laughs> You never ask my opinion about music. You always sing over me on church on Sunday. Every time I get up here and sing, I'm freaking losing my voice up here trying to be heard. Wait, and you wait, just stop. You're going to make this about you? Dude, everything up here is about God. How many times do I have to tell you that? When are you going to get it? Get that? Are you serious? You think I'm an idiot? Of course I get that, all right? Gosh, I'm not talking about this anymore. Look, whatever, man. Whatever. Well, that was a little awkward. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome. My name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And uh, if you're a little concerned for Evan and Chris, just relax. That was all pre-planned, okay? So that was just a skit to help set up our new series that we're starting today called Fight to Win. Now, the reality of that skit is that that kind of thing happens to all of us. We all get into conflict. We all get into arguments. We all get into disagreements with other people. We all get into fights that we're not really sure how to resolve. And we get into these types of conflicts at home. We get into them at work. We get into them at school. And we even get into them at church, a place that we think, you know, this should be a conflict-free environment. And yet there are a lot of conflicts that happen in the church context. So when we're fighting, I mean, we fight with everybody. We fight with our family. We fight with our friends. We fight with our enemies. Uh, There's not a relationship where we won't get into a fight. We'll fight at work with our boss. We'll, We'll fight with other employees. We'll fight with other students. And maybe right now you're in one of those fights. Maybe right now you're in a conflict with somebody else. And so I'm just out of curiosity wondering, how many of you would say that you've been in a conflict with somebody else over this past month? Some sort of argument, some sort of conflict, some sort of disagreement. Okay, now everybody with your hands down, like we want to be like you. (laughs) When we grow up, like, like we like your life and we would like to be like you. Now how many of you would say that you've been in conflict this past week? How about yesterday? Anybody have a conflict yesterday? Okay, a few hands still up. I'm not going to ask about today because we all know that you probably had conflict on the way to church today. You know, it's just a natural thing that happens. If my wife and I are going to fight, we're probably going to fight on Sunday morning. Don't know why, but it just kind of happens. So let me tell you how this series pertains to me personally. I'm not super fond of this type of series. And the reason is, I know that if I'm going to get up here and talk to you about how to resolve conflict, God is going to put me in some conflict situations where I can practice what the Bible teaches. And uh, so, you know, as happens with many series that we do, God has taken me through some conflict issues over the past several months. I've found myself in more conflict than I've been in probably in the past several years. And uh, I'll be honest, there are moments like, I don't want to go out of the house. 
I'm afraid I'm going to get into conflict with somebody. The mailman and I might get into a conflict. Me and the dog aren't getting along right now. So, you know, conflict happens to all of us, even pastors. So even pastors have conflict that they have to work through. We all have to learn how to resolve conflict in a way that honors God. So this series that we're going to be in applies to everyone. When it comes to the conflicts that we engage in life, there are all kinds of ways that we interact with that conflict based upon our fighting styles. So everybody's got a fighting style. You have a fighting style. You may know what it is. You may not know what it is, but everybody's got a style of fighting when it comes to conflict. And uh, if we were to compare you to maybe someone in the martial art world, we would probably say that you're a black belt in your specific fighting style. You've had some time to work on this thing. Uh, Some of you have had more time than others to work on this specific style that you are using, but you have honed it and you have honed it well. And you know exactly how to use this specific fighting style to get what you want or, or to attempt to get what you want out of the conflicts that you have. Now, one of the most prominent fighting styles that are out there is what I call the explosive fighting style. So these are the people that when you get into conflict with them, they come out fast and furious, all right? So they are throwing so many verbal blows, you aren't sure how to retaliate. You just like try to cover yourself. I mean, they're throwing everything out you, at you at one time. They're bold, they're often loud, they're often intimidating. They sometimes get physically larger in the midst of the, the conflict and they are not afraid to tell you what they think. So they're gonna probably in conflict tell you everything you've ever done wrong in your relationship with them. Like that may not be the issue that you're talking about right then in that moment, but you're gonna get it all. They're gonna tell you everything uh, that they feel like is on their mind and they have kind of this shock and awe strategy. They, They want to intimidate you, they want you to cower and they don't want you to be able to retaliate. So does anybody know of an explosive fighter? Like, do you have one of those in your life? Okay, don't point at them because they may start a fight right now. (laughs) Now, there are uh, folks on the other end of the spectrum, people that I call ghost fighters. And these people disappear whenever conflict comes up. So conflict starts coming up and they're just gone Like they hate how conflict makes them feel so much that they're going to avoid conflict at all costs. And at first we would say, is that really a fighting style? But I think it is because their avoidance of conflict creates conflict. You're trying to engage them in this conflict because you want to get to the other side with the potential of strengthening the relationship. And yet they won't allow that to happen because they're just gone. Anybody know of a ghost fighter? around. All right, don't point at them because they might just disappear in front of our eyes. Like kind of of like a magic trick. There's one, they're gone. So be careful. Then there are what I call the punch and runners. So these are the people that start loud. They come at you quick and they got a lot to say and they're going to hit you hard and then they're going to turn and run. So you think that you're in a conflict with them because they kind of want to spar with you at first and they got some not so nice things to say to you. So you put your gloves on, you're ready for a match and then all of a sudden, where are they? I don't know, they ran away. And it leaves you wondering like, what kind of a relationship did we really have if you're going to say all that and then just disappear? So those are the punch and runners. Then we have uh, this next group are called, and this is a fun group. This is the, the grudge holders. 
All right, so these are the people that are gonna get you into a relational sleeper hold. Okay, they are gonna hold tightly and let you know for a very long time that they hold a grudge against you. And they're not gonna let go, probably for the length of your relationship or until one of you dies, all right? And if you die first, they might just show up at your funeral to remind everybody that they have a conflict with you that still hasn't been resolved. So those are the grudge holders. And then we have a group of people called the sarcastic jabbers. All right, so these are fun folks. Um, You're never quite sure if they're being sarcastic or if they're trying to tell you something. Um, You know, they'll say something and you're not quite sure. Was that serious or was that a joke? I don't know whether to laugh or to put my defenses up. And then if you are to ask them, like, are we okay? They would say, yeah, we're okay. I'm just kidding. Leaving you wondering, are you just kidding? I'm still not sure. Are you being sarcastic? Like, I really don't know. There are so many fighting styles out there. There are people that are manipulative. You'll go into a fight with them and all of a sudden you're spun around, either you're uh, emotionally manipulated or you're mentally manipulated and you find yourself like, I like, maybe I'm agreeing with them. I'm not sure. Like, how did we end up on the same side? I don't know. But like, they're getting a whole lot of what they want out of this. And I don't know if that I'm getting anything uh, from my perspective of it. There are people that punish. They love to punish those that interact with them in a negative way. And they want you to know, I will punish you for the length of our relationship. I want to hurt you. I want to get you back. And I'll hold on to this. They're similar to the grudge holders, but I will hold on to this and I will punish you in every way that I can possibly punish you. There are all kinds of different fighting styles, styles that we engage when we're going for conflict. And there's so many different styles. I think that's why counselors' offices are so full and they're so busy just trying to help us learn how to resolve this conflict that arises at home or at work, or at school, or yeah, even at church. Now guess what happens uh, with these fighting styles? Guess what comes along with them? Uh, Beyond the, the pain, the emotional pain that's there, beyond the broken relationships, most prominent thing that comes with conflict is unresolved conflict. Most of us don't know how to resolve the conflict that we get into with other people. We just create more we create more pain. We, we create more heartache. We don't know how to resolve it. So again, out of curiosity, how many of you would say that right now you have some unresolved conflict with somebody else? You have a broken relationship because of that. A number of us understand that. You understand the pain of that. You understand what that can do to your heart and that relationship. That's a painful thing to, to experience One of the reasons that we end up with so much unresolved conflict is that when we fight, we fight to win. Like, why else would we fight? You know, I mean, who wants to go into a fight with with the idea that, hey, I'm just going to go in and lose? Very few of us uh, uh, attempt uh, conflict that way. We approach conflict with a desire to win the conflict. I mean, that's how I approach it. When I'm fighting with my wife, I want to win. I mean, you ask her. After the service, she'll let you know. Like when when we get engaged conflict, I want to win. I want to win the argument. I want to prove that I'm right and she's wrong. I want to be so argumentatively persuasive. I get this. You're getting into the dysfunction of me. I want to be so persuasive argumentatively that Tammy just goes, whatever, whatever, have it your way. 
But here's some of the problems with that. Here's some of the problems with how we fight in our fighting styles. Our fighting styles create a, a winner and a loser. And you can win an argument and you can lose a relationship. You can prove your point. And if you aren't careful, you can lose your influence with that person. You can prove that you're right and you can end up right out of that relationship. You see, most of our fighting styles create a, a winner and a loser. Somebody wins, somebody loses. But more realistically, all of us lose. Everybody in that conflict loses. But here's the truth that God wants us to learn in this series. God wants us to fight in such a way that we all win. God defines fighting differently than we do. And God defines um, winning differently than we do. God looks at our conflict in a different way from a different perspective. And God wants us to resolve those conflicts in a way that really honors him. He wants us to get away from that win-lose mentality. He wants us to discover a win-win strategy that really honors him. God wants us to learn how to fight for relationships. And if you think about what God has done for us, we messed up our relationship with God through this thing called sin. And so God sent Jesus, God in the flesh came to fight for us so that he could win us, so that we could win him. So God wants us to learn how to fight for relationships, not to just prove our point, not to just be right. That's what we're going to try to learn in this series. How can we fight in a way that really honors God? How can we discover this win-win strategy that God has for us? So for those of you who are wondering what God has to say about conflict and conflict resolution, I encourage you to put your seatbelts on because what we're going to talk about today is very challenging for us as Christ followers. And in fact, if you would say today, you're not a Christ follower, then today after you hear what God has to say to those of us who claim to be Christ followers, you may be glad you aren't. You might say, whew, I'm off the hot seat. Uh, there's a lot that you can learn in this series, so I encourage you to stay engaged and be a part of this. But what we're gonna look at today, God's gonna speak directly to those of us who say, listen, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I wanna I want follow him even in this way of learning how to resolve conflict. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 4, Verse 17, it says this, the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. So the first people who need to learn how to resolve conflict in a way that honors God is us. Again, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you claim to, to have made Jesus the Lord of your life, then you need to go first. You don't have to wait for somebody else. Oh, I'll wait for my boss to get it. I'll wait for my coworker to get it. I'll wait for my family member to get it. No, you don't have that option. God expects for you to go first. He expects for me to go first and learn these principles and apply these principles in all of our relationships. So this is, again, what we're gonna try to do because nothing hurts the cause of Christ more than when a Christian doesn't live like a Christian. When a Christian doesn't apply biblical principles to their relationships, that hurts the cause of Christ. So when one of us puts a Jesus bumper sticker on the back of our car for advertisement purposes, and then we fly into a rage when somebody pulls in front of us, like that's not good. 
when one of us goes into a work environment, claims to be a Christ follower, and we blame other people at work for the stuff that we're doing wrong, so we stay off the hot seat. That's not good. When a Christ follower refuses to forgive someone else and says, I've got this grudge and I'm holding on to it. What you did to me was wrong. I refuse to forgive. That's not okay. That hurts the cause of Christ. Something that God doesn't want to happen. So we have to go first when it comes to learning to fight God's way. Now our fighting lesson today is gonna start in an unusual place. We're gonna start with what is known as communion. Uh, the, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, depending on your background. And this is going to show us just how important conflict resolution is to our God. Now, in this series, we're going to get very practical about conflict resolution. We're going to get as practical as we possibly can about how to resolve the conflict. We're going to try to answer some of the questions that you are asking about conflict resolution. But today, we need to start by understanding why God wants us to resolve conflict, why it's so important to him. After we learn that, then we can start learning how to apply those principles that God has for us. So in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it captures this uh, story of communion and Jesus gathers his disciples together uh, to have this last meal with him before he is crucified. And I, I want us to all imagine that we're there with him. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're one of his disciples. So imagine that we're all there together listening to Jesus teach and talk about this important thing that he's about to implement that we, we still practice today. So this issue of communion. Starting in verse 23, it says this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Now, that's typically where we, what we read uh, when we have communion. If you grew up around communion being a part of your church experience, that's typically where, where we stop and we feel pretty good about participating in this holy sacrament that, that Jesus has set up for us. But often we miss out on the next part of this. So verse 27 has some challenging words for us. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ... You are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. So challenging words there. And I'm sure you're wondering, like, what does it mean to take communion in an unworthy manner? I'm sure that none of us want to do that. None of us want to get sick because of that. None of us want to die because of that. So what does that mean? There are several different interpretations to that. It can mean that if we take communion without recognizing its significance, that we're taking communion in an unworthy way. So if we come to, to communion and 
we don't recognize that this is the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us, this, this opportunity to, to eat this bread and, and for us to drink this juice, if we don't realize that that represents Jesus' blood, that represents his body that was sacrificed, given for us, if we kind of come to communion, just kind of blowing that off, like no big deal. Like I was a little thirsty and I needed a snack. You know, if that's our approach to communion, then we're taking communion in an unworthy manner. Another interpretation is that if we take communion with unconfessed sin in our lives, so like if there's something going on, if we're doing something we know is not right, we just know it's not right in our relationship with God, and then we come in and, and communion's offered and we take it anyway, that's not okay. God wants us to confess that. God wants us to say, hey, God, I understand that what I'm doing is wrong. Let me admit that. Let me repent from that. Let me turn from that and get back on track with you. We can't interact with God with unconfessed sin and think that we're okay with God. It can also mean that if we have unresolved conflict with someone outside of God's family, that we're taking communion in a way that doesn't honor God. So maybe there's a coworker, somebody that you work with, not a believer in Jesus, and maybe you and he or, or she are in pretty intense conflict. You're not getting along. You don't like them and they don't like you. Like that's, that's not okay. It's not okay for us to come to communion and say, well, I'm gonna interact with my God and there's someone I'm not interacting well with outside of God's family and I'm just gonna act like it's okay. That's not okay to God because God loves that person. He wants that person in his family. He wants you to resolve those issues so that person will wanna come into God's family. So we can't act like we're okay with God if we're not okay with people outside of his family. It can also mean that if we have conflict with somebody inside God's family, that's another way that we can take communion in an unworthy manner. So if you and I aren't getting along and, and we call Epic our church home, we're going to church together and yet we just don't like each other, that's not okay. We need to resolve that before we come and take communion with our God. So I want you to imagine with me that we're all Jesus' disciples sitting around listening to Jesus talk on, on that, uh, that moment that he's sharing about communion and about to, to start this, this practice for all of us. And you and I have bumped heads with each other on our way in, okay? So like we're not getting along with each other. We come in, we're sitting down, we're gonna listen to Jesus talk about this, celebrate this Passover meal. And yet for whatever reason, we're not happy with each other. Like you're stewing and you're thinking about all the, the wrong things I've done and I'm stewing and thinking about all the wrong things you've done. And then Jesus stands up and he starts talking about communion. He talks about the body of Christ. He talks about unity. He, he talks about the, the significance and the importance of us being unified. And he says, if you eat this bread or drink this cup in an unworthy manner, if you eat this bread or drink this cup and you've got junk in your heart, between you and somebody else, it's not okay. You're causing division within my body. You're hurting the body of Christ. And then imagine that we just go ahead and take communion anyway. Imagine that we just act like, well, I don't think he saw that. I don't think he saw our conflict. I don't, I'm not sure that he fully knows what's going on in my heart right now in this moment. I'm gonna act like he doesn't. So I'll just take communion. 
In that moment, we're taking communion in a way that doesn't honor God. We're sinning against God's body, and too often that's how we take communion. We come to communion with junk between us and other people. We come to communion with junk between us and God, and that's not okay to our God. I'll never forget the first time I took this passage seriously. Um, My wife and I were driving our family to church one Sunday mornings when we lived in Virginia, and uh, we had conflict on the way in. So we had this passionate uh, discussion. Um, You could also call that an argument. And we had this blow up on the way into church. You know how it is. You know, you're driving in, you're irritated with each other, you get out and you're waving at everybody. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Everything's great. It's not, but good to see you. We'll pick up our argument on the after church when we get back in the car. So we went into church and they were having communion that day. And the way that that church did communion was they had ushers and they would pass the, the communion tray uh, around and it had pieces of bread in it, it had little cups of juice in it. And so they would pass it row by row and we were sitting in the back. And so I watched the elements go row by row and I wrestled inside. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna take this passage seriously? Or am I just gonna blow this off and take communion anyway? And I had a real struggle, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, there are people sitting around me that know me. So if they see me pass communion on, what are they going to think? Well, something's wrong with him. I wonder what it is. I wonder what's going on. Is he and Tammy okay? Like, what's going on in his life? Like, he's got some real sin issues. What's, what's he doing? Passing up communion. So I don't want people thinking that, so I'll just take communion. And then another thought came in, but I am so mad at Tammy right now. Like, I don't know how I can take communion in this moment. So the tray was passed to me, got into my hands, and I had to, to answer, how was I, what was I going to do with this tray? For the first time, I passed it on. I said, listen, I can't do this. I can't take communion and act like things are okay between me and Tammy. They're not okay. So people are going to think stuff, and I'm just going to have to let them think stuff, and I passed it on. Yeah. I didn't want to tell God. Hey, thanks for resolving the conflict that I had created by sending Jesus to die for my sins. Thank you for that. That's awesome. But I'm not willing to resolve the conflict with my wife. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to take communion in an unworthy manner. I didn't want to hurt the body of Christ. And so after church, my wife and I resolved our conflict. We talked and said, like, this isn't okay. We got to resolve that. And, um, You know, when I think about communion, when I think about how important this is to our God, it's a big deal to him. How we resolve conflict is a big deal to him. How we honor the body of Christ is a big deal. So at the end of this series, we are going to have communion. I'm sure you're glad we're not having it today. (laughs) At the end of this series, we'll have communion. And I encourage you to resolve your issues. If you've got conflict with somebody right now, I encourage you to spend some time doing whatever you can to resolve that. So when it comes to communion, you're ready. Now, some of you may be thinking like, I don't know if there's enough time. Like, can we wait for six months before we have communion? Because I got a lot of work to do. There are some people that even think, you know what? The solution to this is that I won't take communion. I'll make it a regular habit. I spoke with somebody after the first service that said they've got a family member that that's their strategy. They don't take communion because they've got so much conflict in their lives. That's not the answer. 
That's not the point. That's not what God is talking about. God wants us to be so sensitive to the conflict issues around us that we are so willing to resolve those things as Christ followers that we are ready at any time whenever communion is offered. We're ready. We've kept short accounts with people. When an issue arises, we deal with it quickly. We don't let it go on and on and on. So we all have to be ready and live in such unity in the body of Christ. That's what God wants for us. Unity within the body is so incredibly important that in John 17, Jesus prayed that we, his followers, would be so unified that the world would know that Jesus was who he said he was. And then the second part is, get this, he says, so that the world would know that God loves them as much as God the Father loves Jesus. That is profound. God wants the world to know that he loves the world as much as he loves Jesus. How much does God the Father love Jesus? More than we can comprehend. More than our minds could ever begin to understand And God wants the world to know that he loves them that much. Here's the connection between this and how we live. How we live just might determine if someone else feels God's love or not. How we resolve conflict just might be a factor in someone else believing in Jesus or not. So resolving conflict has more implications than we realize. It has eternal implications. So I want you to think back to that last conflict. Maybe it was this morning, maybe it was yesterday, last week, last month. Think about that conflict that you were in. How you resolve that conflict can either push someone towards God or push someone away from God. How you resolve that conflict can either push someone towards heaven or push someone towards hell. Now, I know that that's a big statement, but I really believe that it's true because someone just might determine that God doesn't love them. They just might determine that Jesus isn't real based upon how they watch us, people who claim to be followers of Jesus, based upon how they watch us resolving conflict or not. That should be sobering to all of us. I don't want anybody spending an eternity apart from the God who loves them because I'm a jerk and I refuse to resolve conflict. I don't want that. And I don't think any of us want that in the big spectrum of things when we understand that this has eternal consequences. I don't think any of us want that. So again, that's why it's so incredibly important for us to go first and to learn how to resolve conflict in a way that honors God. Now, for those of you who are interested in that, for those of you who would say, listen, like I understand my fighting style is not the greatest. I need to learn from God. Here's some recommendations I have for you. Number one, examine your heart. Is there any conflict in your life right now? Any conflict that you have created? Any conflict that you are keeping alive? Are there any grudges that you are holding? Is there anyone that you're refusing to forgive? Is there anybody you're just saying, you know, I'm going to punish you. I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not going to do this Jesus thing. Is there any conflict in your life right now? God wants you to identify that. 
and he wants you to take ownership of it, and he wants you to learn how to resolve those conflicts. Second thing that I encourage you to do is identify your fighting style. So what is it when you get into to a fight? What fighting style do you adopt? You know, how, what are you like? Are you explosive? Are you passive? Are you passive aggressive? Are you sarcastic? Are you manipulative? I mean, what do you do when you engage conflict? And if you aren't sure, here's what I encourage you to do. Ask someone around you, okay? And I encourage you to ask someone that you trust and give them permission to answer you, okay? So like if you don't give them permission, they're probably not going to tell you. So you've got to make it safe for them to tell you what your fighting style is. And then pay attention to how you feel when they tell you what it is. So like if instantly you like bow up on them, like, oh, it, no, no, uh, like it, it's on. You, you think that? No, it's not. That's not true. You're probably an explosive fighter. If you start getting sarcastic and start poking jabs at them saying, well, you know what? You stink at this and you're not good at this. And I bet your style is this. You're probably a sarcastic fighter. Maybe you're manipulative. So just pay attention to the emotions that arise in you. That'll help you identify your fighting style. And then you can say, God, help me with this. Please help me not to adopt this style. I want to adopt your fighting style. Next thing I encourage you to do is come back for this entire series. Like we've got to learn together. And I know we've got a lot of questions about this subject of conflict resolution. It applies to all of us. So together we are going to try to learn uh, all the things that we need to learn uh, about resolving conflict in a way that really honors God. So come back and I encourage you to invite people to come with you. So maybe it's somebody at work that you need to invite to come with you. Maybe it's somebody at home you need to invite to come. Um, You know that person you're in conflict right now? Sure, bring them. You can go to the first service or the second service. You know, we got two services. You don't have to see them until you learn how to resolve conflict together. But we need to learn this. So I encourage you to invite someone to be a part of this. Now, one of the things that we're doing to help you with that is we've made these little cards uh, it's an advertisement card for this series. Uh, there should be some on your seats. Uh, we got a thousand of these. So take them because at the end of this series, they're no good. So take them and hand them out. All right, hand them out at work, you know, hand them out at school. You know, maybe you, you put some on the refrigerator, invite somebody at home to come with you. Here's a great idea. Put a, a stack in your back pocket or in your purse and when you're at Walmart, Like, you know, Walmart is the conflict place, right? So when you're at Walmart, standing in those long lines, uh, invite somebody to come and be a part of this series with you. Now, here's the cool thing that you can do when when you invite somebody to come. You can tell them to go to our website, theepicchurch.com, and they can listen to this message in preparation for next week. So they're going to show up next week ready to go uh, join us on this adventure. So again, they can listen that way or they can listen through our iTunes account if that's how they listen to that kind of stuff. So we all need to learn to resolve conflict in a way that honors God. This is something that is applicable to all of us. Now in preparation for next week, here's what I encourage you to do. Read Matthew chapter five and Matthew chapter 18 before next week. So just uh, all week long, I encourage you to spend time reading that. And I've actually taken those two passages and I've listed them on our spiritual growth challenge. And you can pick up a copy of that from our Connection Center before you leave today, or you can download it from our website later today as well. And I encourage you to spend some time in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18 
It's, this is where we're going to hear from God the first things that we need to do when it comes to resolving conflict in a very practical way. And we desperately need to understand what to do um, as we start this next week. So please come prepared for that. Um, we're going to answer some other questions related to this as well. On the way out, there's a few people that ask me, but what if I do all this stuff and it doesn't work? What if the other person refuses to resolve conflict with me? Well, we're going to talk about that in this series as well. So look forward to having you back next week with somebody else for round two of our Fight to Win series. So let's pray, and then uh, we'll have some announcements. Lord, this conflict issue is something that applies to all of us. Uh, None of us are exempt from it. We all get into conflict with other people. And we all have a style that's not very effective at resolving the conflict out there. And and so, Lord, we see more conflict happening. We've got so many unresolved issues in our relationships that we just keep dragging around with us. And God, you've got a different plan for us. You know that we're going to get in conflict. You're not all that surprised by that. You're not all that bothered by that. But you are bothered when we don't resolve it in a way that honors you when we leave it there to linger, when we let it drag on, when we hold grudges, when we refuse to forgive. God, you want all of us as Christ followers to learn to apply these principles that are helpful, Lord, whether we're in conflict at home or work or school, even at church. We need to learn how to apply these. We need to be the first ones that take the step in your direction and say, God, teach us to fight for relationships your way. So Lord, I pray for all of us in this series. I pray that we'll come back. I pray that more people will come. I pray that we will, we will really learn what it means to resolve conflict in a way that honors you. So teach us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Trent, for kicking us off in this conflict series and looking forward to seeing how God would have us to win our fights. Well, my name is Tim Jones, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I have just uh, several announcements for us. If you would, there's an announcement sheet on the benches. If you want to grab that, I'm going to highlight a few of the things that are coming up this uh, upcoming fall. And so around here, a lot of things are about to kick off, and the first is Starting Point. And Starting Point is one of our small group environments where we would love everyone to jump into Starting Point first. And so Starting Point is a 10-week conversational small group environment where you explore the story of God and begin to experience community. So if you're checking out this whole God thing and you have tons of questions, it's a great environment for you to come to begin to ask those questions. If you have just put your faith in Christ, this is a great place for you to begin to build a foundation of what it means to have a relationship with God. And then if you've been coming for a while and haven't jumped into one of our small group environments, this is the place that we would love for you to jump in so that you begin to get to know other people as well. And then there's a serving opportunity that is coming up, and so check out this. Uh, Before moving into the new home, it's it's been a little difficult. Uh, I've moved around a lot, staying with relatives a lot. Me and my oldest daughter has shared a room and then my two twins sharing a room. Uh, At times, we've actually, all three of, or or four of us have been in one room together. It's been work. I've had to do a lot of, it's 150 sweat equity hours, they call it. for you to get your home built and um, I've actually volunteered. I've helped build several homes with the Habitat. 
Um, I've learned a lot. I framed walls, did caulking, painted, laid tiles. I actually got connected with Epic through the Habitat. Um, I met Lena and Trent, Lena Williams and Trent, when we were laying sod for uh, my cousin Amber's home, which was in the F section. And that's how I met you guys. It was an amazing day, and that's that's when I met you all. You actually all changed my life a lot. It means a lot to me because, like I said, you guys have definitely changed my life. Um, I feel like I belong here, and you guys are actually helping um, put my walls up in my home, which is amazing. So you'll be at the first build day, September 13th, and I'm just I'm really excited and happy I get to share this whole experience with you guys. It's gonna be the stability for me and my children. You know, we won't have to move around anymore never worrying about where we're gonna go. It's comforting to me as a mother. To know my kids will have somewhere to go home to every night. And have a bed to sleep in and a room, their own room. It's comforting, it means everything to us, everything. I just wanna say thank you to everybody that's gonna be involved in putting the framing up, putting my walls up to my home. It really means a lot to me and I'm so thankful that you guys are helping me and I get to share this experience with Epic Church. Thank you so much. So we have an amazing opportunity to help one of our own. This is our eighth Habitat build that we are helping a part of. And so we need 25 of you to come on out uh, to help frame Jennifer's house. And then we need about five more people to help with lunch that day. And so if you would, would you go to the sign up tab on our website and sign up for that build that's coming up on September 13th? Uh, for Jennifer's house. It'll be an amazing time. And then this Saturday, uh, August 30th, Surge is kicking back off. Uh, it's our student ministry for middle school and high school students. And so they're starting off with a serving project. They're going to be cleaning up uh, part of Flagler Beach. And so uh, you can drop your kids off uh, on at seven o'clock at six south street there we go and um they'll be cleaning up the beach and then they're also going to have some beach activities and stuff the key point is that you pick them back up at nine o'clock uh so don't forget to do that part uh as they will be kicking off their fall activities this saturday and then um we just want to thank you guys so much there's so many of you who give and partner with us on a financial level and as you can see there are so many lives that are being changed and we just want to thank you so much for doing that and being a part of helping us to reach our community. And if you call Epic Home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give through the giving boxes located at each of the ends of the sections of each of the rows or online at theepicchurch.com as well. And then uh, today, right after the service, uh, there is going to be a FPU or Financial Peace University intro. And so if you signed up wanting to jump into our nine-week uh, financial uh, small group environment, that talks about personal finances. There's gonna be an introduction meeting right after the service on this side of the curtains uh, in the teacher lounge that is right over there. So if you have kids, go ahead and grab your kids and then they're gonna start about five or 10 minutes after the service. Uh, you attend that meeting, you'll find out more information about it. It's about 20 minutes or 15 minutes and you'll be able to find out and answer or ask your questions that you might have about uh, the, the experience and then you'll be able to sign up for the group as well. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here today. On your way out, say hi to somebody and then invite somebody to uh, next week as we continue in our conflict series. Have a great Sunday.